Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Episode 20. Yep, this week we're going to do the uh, Frederick Keys review. We went last week, so we're going to review that uh, today. Um, before we start, um, I got a correction. Last week we talked about the uh, Commonwealth Games, and I didn't really, you asked me what it was, and I didn't know. Um, we did get notified. Matt told us the Commonwealth is countries that recognize the Queen as the head of state. I thought it was What's something. What's the head of state? Um, it's. It's not like a president or a prime minister. It's kind of similar to that. It's a little. That's also a little bit difficult to represent. I guess it's they have it on their coins. <laughs> that's not a great answer, but anyway, uh, Matt told me that, and I was like, okay. So I wasn't sure because you asked me so mid records. I had to guess. Who's in it then? Um, teams like Australia, Canada, um, America, teams like that. No, no, America does not recognize the Queen as the head of state. That's the part that would be the president, right? All right, so story one um, exciting debuts. We talked about one last week for the Nationals. I can't remember that guy's name, but there was another one this week. Uh, Brett Beatty. So go ahead and tell us about Brett Beatty, GG. Okay. In a 9 7 win over the Braves on Wednesday, August 17th, Brett Beatty on his Mets debut. Hit a home run in his first at bat off of t- of Tyler Matzek. I think it's Matzek, but I'm not sure. Matt. So not just like his first ever hit. This was his first at bat. Uh, he managed to hit a home run. So it seems like quite a few people are doing that recently. Um, I did see the uh, the video for this. His parents were in the crowd. They were obviously very excited. Uh, Mom was jumping up and down. Dad was super excited. Um, he was the fifth Met to do this. I know you normally ask me who the other ones are, so I, did, I left it there. Um, I don't recognize most of these. Uh, Mike Jacobs, Kazooie Matsui. Mike Fitzgerald and Benny Ayala. I only recognize one of those. Um, also in the game, on the first defensive play in his career, he made a running throw to get Ronald Acuna Jr. at first base as well. Um, think, uh, section 1 normally is things we've talked about before. So uh, I saw this, MLB Pipeline's updated top 100 prospect list. Now, last week I said that the Orioles were up at number 1. I, I guess it depends who produces the list, JJ, because it tends to change a little bit. Um, but the list I saw did not have... And I can't, I couldn't remember his full name. I knew it was Gunner, uh, Gunner Henderson. They actually have Gunner Henderson at number two. So they have number one, the Mets catcher Francisco Alvarez, a uh, twenty-year-old with plus plus power. Whoa, I guess plus plus means superpower, right? Who has already reached Triple A? Uh, Joseph Statsuski from the New York Post reported in an August third bat against Lehigh Valley. The commentator said this during his at bat. Oh my word, where is this going to land? The ball has gone a mile. I didn't even see it land. Um, they showed you, you know how they normally cut to the different camera? You couldn't even see it. It was out of the stadium. It was so high. Like you couldn't, even, sometimes, you know, when he, when he hit it out of the stadium at Fenway, like you see the ball going over the top. You couldn't even see this one. It was so powerful. It was ridiculous. Uh, Francisco Alvarez facing a pitcher who'd also struck out 10 batters on how the night. How far did he get? Um, I don't know. I did not see that part reported. <laughs> 
on the first pitch he saw may have just hit it out of the stadium. That was the commentator again. Uh, he did this in the seventh inning, uh, seventh inning uh, and it went over the left field stands for his fourth triple A home run. Uh, he's currently hitting 267, which doesn't sound too high, but when you hear his OPS, 1.039. So he's hitting for power. Uh, I guess that's that plus-plus part again. Uh, over his last 37 plate appearances before Wednesday, with three home runs, two doubles, seven walks, and nine RBIs. And uh, Wednesday's blast was his fourth home run in the past nine games. So, yeah, I, I can see, having seen that power from a 20-year-old, uh, you know he's only going to get better. So I could see why he was their number one prospect. Now, two of the top four are Orioles, JJ. So I'm going to do the non-Orioles ones, and you're going to do the Orioles ones. So... Go ahead, tell us about Gunnar Henderson. I put his stats there. I know they're not that clear to see, but also there was a report from Bird, birdswatcher.com. That's um, an Orioles fan site um, that you could also tell us about. Mm, he's had, he had a lot of RBIs. Mm-hmm. It's that he had 74. He had 74, and he wasn't even with that. He was with um, three different teams that year. So he was started with Bowie. He went up to Aberdeen, and then he went to Delmarva. So he was playing in Delmarva last year. Wait, what's the team in Aberdeen? Aberdeen, Aberdeen Ironbirds. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't remember the order that they go. I think it's uh, Delmarva. Actually, I think it's Delmarva, Aberdeen, Bowie. Yeah. And then I think it goes... It's the opposite way Delma the, on the one I printed out. And then Norfolk's the AAA. Mm-hmm. Got some home run power as well. Mm -hmm. He had 17 home runs last year and 18 home runs so far this year. Well. hundred and... Three hits. Uh-huh. Um, what would be a little bit worrying there, though, is he had 103 hits, but he had 143 good. strikeouts That's well. a. He has a good OPS. 826. That was last year, and this year, mm -hmm. 969. So I guess he's another one. He's a power hitter, so I guess he strikes out sometimes, but he'll also get um, um some home runs. A lot of doubles there as well, I can see. He's well. with Norfolk right now. He is currently with Norfolk, yeah. All right, tell us what the... Um, the birdswatcher.com said this week. The Baltimore Orioles are competitive well into August with a winning record and a real shot at at the playoffs. The organization and the fan base are not used to being in the position after witnessing four straight seasons with that, of being well out of the contention. Yeah, you picked a good year to follow the Orioles. The last few years, they've not been very good. But this year, they've, um, I would say, they still have a winning That's record. That's why the Orioles are good, Dad. Yeah, yeah, no, they've been an exciting team to watch, for sure. Mm -hmm. That means instead of letting weak players get, get an extended look at the major league level, because the alternatives are just as bad GM Mike Elias. Elias can help can call up talent to prospects who are better than some current players on the roster so in previous years it would be a case of well we're doing so bad it's like we could always bring them 
right now, the players are playing pretty good, so they're sticking with what they got. But there's also those players who are coming through the ranks now, so as good as they are, they can get even better with some of these younger players as well. Um, it mentions on here as well, fans are clamoring to see Gunnar Henderson, Kyle Stowers, and Jordan Westberg playing Baltimore, and for good reason. All three of them have been tearing it up with tides. Um, you mentioned earlier his OPS is really good, um, 971. It's actually 925 while he's been with Norfolk, so that's pretty good. Now, I also saw on Madison Sports, this was on August 19th, JJ, and um, the St Kyle Stowers, who was mentioned earlier, uh, the Orioles have actually picked up his contract, and he will make his uh, real debut on the 40-man roster. Uh, will be against Toronto, apparently. Uh, Stowers is going to see quite a bit of action in the outfield, said manager Brandon Hyde. Every day we'll look at the matchups. It's good to get guys off their feet. Also, we're in late August and just try to rotate these guys around as much as possible. Asked about the timing of Stowers' arrival, Hyde said just feels like he's ready to contribute for us. And he's having a nice year in AAA, and we're excited about his future and looking forward for watching him to play up there. And um, he wasn't even the, the fourth prospect. You're going to talk about the fourth one in a second. Uh, the third one was the D-backs, the Diamondbacks outfielder, Corbin Carroll. Uh, Carroll spent 58 games slashing 313, 430, and 643 in AA. As the Diamondbacks have tried to bring him along slowly, he's done everything to push back, as in he wants to get up to the majors quickly. Carroll spent the last 23 games with AAA Reno, and his numbers haven't fallen off. Uh, ESPN's Kylie McDaniel published his latest round of prospect rankings, which moved Carroll to number one, while fellow Arizona prospect Jordan Lawler and recent draft pick Drew Jones all rank in the top 26. So yeah, it depends who produces this list. This was from the Diamondbacks website, uh, but yeah, ESPN currently has uh, Corbin Carroll as their number one prospect. All right, number four prospect you're going to tell us about, JJ. This is uh, Grayson Rodriguez. Is the top pitcher on the list, giving Baltimore two of our top four overall prospects, uh -huh. August 10th, MLB.com reported Grayson Rodriguez hit an imported, an important benchmark, throwing off a mound for the first time as he hit back from the right latch string. He entered on June 1st. The Orioles now have more hope that Rodriguez can return to game action before the close of the 2022 season than they did at the time of his injury. So yeah, he's currently not been playing for a while. He's been rehabbing. Um, it looked like when he got injured, he was done for the season, but it looks like now he's starting to throw from the mound and hopefully uh, he can make it back as well. As you well know, pitching's what wins, right, JJ? Not batting. We've, yeah, it is. We've they been... score the runs. Oh boy. They score the runs, been... Dad. Mason and I have been trying to educate you about that this week and defense and what's important. And, but hey, all right, batting's fun to watch for sure, but yeah, you need your pitching for sure. Now for the third story, um, you're little. You've been you. You're gonna play little league in four. You've played it before. Um, your team has just been announced. Uh, you get to play with somebody who you were. Uh, the orange. You went to go to school before. I'm the orange crush. The orange crush. It's kind of a strange name. Man. Dad, instead Normally of a... you're like the Mets or you're Dad. like something like that. But no, Dad. thankfully you're not the Yankees. That would have been the worst. Dad. Uh huh. Instead of a beer shower, an uh -huh. orange crush shower. That would probably be it if you want. Yeah. You've seen them when the college uh, football coach just win right they pull like Gatorade over them when they mm -hmm. win the ball games and things like that um, perhaps you guys might do that with your coach if you at the end of the season I don't know now I got a question for you I'm not just mentioning that to mentioning it there is a reason that goes with it as well so all right JJ I want you to imagine this situation okay 
You got your uniform on. You're on the bench. You're up next to bat. All right. Tell me about what's going to happen. So the other person has uh, just got on first base, so you're up. So, oh, actually, I guess just before that, what are you doing while that person's batting? Well, first, I'm on the on-deck um, circle. Oh, you would be, yeah. That's true. Yeah, I would be trying to, like, get loose. Uh-huh. So it's a warm-up swings? To, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to do a lot of, like, power warm-up swings. Uh -huh. And then, um... I see him go onto first base, uh -huh. so I just get there. I want to try and hit earlier, so it goes to the left, okay. like over the third baseman, okay. so that I can get on base. Makes it easier for you to get to first. Yeah. Now, perhaps I should have asked this before then. Then, what do you do before you go into the on deck circle? What have you got to get ready? I guess it's the two people I, ahead of you. Um, I. What's that person? Goes up there. I uh -huh. will be. I will get on my helmet. Uh huh. Um, good. Get my bat. Very good. And then wait in front of the dugout. Perfect. Now that's exactly what I just had in my notes here. I had a line because I was going to say, "Did you remember your bat? Did you remember your helmet?" Now the reason I'm asking this is, anything else that you're going to need though as well besides your bat and your helmet? My batting gloves. Batting gloves. But I'm going to be wearing that. Now, well, not I could get... wear it inside of my gloves. You possibly could. Now, the reason I'm talking about this is I saw this picture this week, and you can come around and look if you want to. Okay. Um, I have never realized this before because he didn't play um, when I used to play, uh, when I used to watch the game. So that's Henry Aaron, and it said the quote was, every time a guy steps out of the box and adjusts his batting gloves for two minutes, I'm reminded that Hank Aaron hit 755 home runs using dirt. No gloves. Mm -hmm. I thought all baseball players wore gloves to bat. Yeah. I had no idea that Henry Aaron did that. So, um, I don't know. I'm going to look now to see if any other players do it. I don't think they do. But, yeah. But I'm still using that. my batting gloves because I don't want it to <laughs> hit on the not-so-sweet spot and then hurt my hands. Okay. That's fine. I thought it was an interesting uh, picture. And I'm going to talk, actually, about Henry Aaron in our very last segment as well because I saw a stat about him this week. That absolutely blew my mind. Actually, it was this morning that I actually saw it. Now, before we get to segment two, JJ, we've done a really bad job in segment one. Uh, partially me. Um, you could have reminded me as well. I don't think we're going to be doing the baseball card segment anymore because we never remember. Um, I haven't given you a baseball card in weeks, so I'm just going to give you the cards and um, oh, yeah, I don't I, think we're going to talk I about them. I actually need three cards now. Probably. It's been a while. Uh, we're just not good at remembering to do it. So I I'm need just, my three cards. I yes. have no problems giving you the cards, but I don't think we're going to be talking about it in the uh, segment anymore. All right, so segment two. This is our review. This is uh, the Frederick Keys game against the... I think it's the... I didn't even write it down. I think it's the Mahoning Valley Sluggers, I think is who it was. Scrappers. Scrappers. That's right. Close. Close. Um, we normally talk about what happened on the day, first of all. Um, we didn't get directly there. Trying to get to um, northern... Uh, trying to get from northern Virginia to Maryland on a Friday afternoon is brutal. So we kind of took a different... At least we got different... a good treat, though. Because there's a lot of things on the way. So anyway, we took a slight detour. We kind of went west. We played, we played uh, disc golf. 
uh, at Bull Run, and you got us to play off the intermediate tees, which was for the first time. Um, worked pretty good. I actually shot on the pot. <laughs> you actually got me to try the long tees yesterday, actually, uh, um, Giles, because of that, and I actually played the long baskets today as well. So you got me into that, and um, yes, the treat, as you just talked about, I actually have it in our notes, JJ, because I thought it was... Uh, it's ginormous. I thought it was actually uh, important, so... I thought it was like a foot-long butt, butt treat version. Um, I don't know what you're talking about, but I was talking about the ice cream. Yeah. Oh, okay. A foot long ice cream. Oh, okay. It was pretty big. We got the waffle it's cones. Like a foot long. I'd heard that the Rocky Point Creamery uh, in Tuscarora, I think it's pronounced, is really good. So it was yeah, just outside. You should go. It was just outside Fredericksburg, so uh, outside Frederick, sorry. So uh, we decided to go. Um, I did a little bit of research, JJ. All right, go ahead. Tell us about it then. Okay. This is from their website. Mm-hmm. Our family has farmed this land since 1883. It all started out about 10 Holstein cows. Today, the fourth generation milks 175 Holstein cows and farms 700 acres surrounding the dairy and, the, and creamery. Uh -huh. That's a lot of acres that you have to that farm. That is a lot. I didn't realize They probably just drive things, around. Though. Uh, you would need transportation, yeah, that's, yeah. that's big. That's They're going to use a combine harvester, maybe. Uh -huh. The creamery was added in 2012 to help support the farm. We use the milk from our cows to make our delicious ice cream, seasonally fresh local ingredients uh, and you products. The line. Uh, they made the delicious ice cream right here in the creamery. It's made fresh every week. We offer over 80 flavors throughout the year using seasonally fresh local ingredients and products. So it's actually not been there for that long. It's only been there for 10 years. So it was fairly new. So I didn't realize that. Um, I'd assumed it had been there for ages, to be honest. Um, there was a few other cool things while you were waiting. There was like a tractor you could sit on. A playground. Event. There was a playground that they converted an old John Deere um, into. They had slides to it. Combine um, harvester. Yeah, it was like the John Deere combine harvester. It, it was cool. You, there could, was, you can go inside the thing. The uh -huh. There was um next to it. There was a field full of sunflowers where you could kind of walk up and see them super close. You could see the bees in there. That was kind of cool. You could buy one for one dollar. You could. I, actually, I wanted to buy a really big one. I wasn't sure what the deal was for that. It does actually say here, each year we plant two acres of sunflowers as a fundraiser for St. Jude Children's Hospital. 100% of the donations go back to St. Jude's. We have raised about $4,000 each year for this wonderful organization, they said. That's really cool. 4000 each year, and it's been there for about 10 years. $40,000 from that. They did say that they plant the sunflowers at different times, JJ. So, because apparently they only stay open for like two weeks or something. So you might go, if they planted them all at the same time, it would be two weeks and then it'll be done. So they plant them at different times, so hopefully whenever you go, there'll always be some there. And that's what happened, right? Not mm -hmm. all of them were flowering when we were there. But yeah, there was those are huge. Those are a couple huge ones in the front. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing that I missed, though, was they actually sold cheese as well. Not surprisingly, with it being mm -hmm. dairy. Uh, they have regular cheddar. Eh, not really catching my attention. Smoked cheddar. Tomato basil. Tomato basil cheddar. Or tomato basil cheddar, as I would say. Garlic chive cheddar. Wine-infused cheddar. But the one I wish I'd seen, because I would have wanted to get some, the crabby cow cheddar. Mm -hmm. It's got Old Bay in it. 
that would be perfect for Maryland. I did not see that. So I know you want to go back anyway. <laughs> I yeah, have a good the ice cream. I have a good reason to go now because I want to get some Krabby Cow as well. Now, the reason we chose to go to this game, we haven't been to a Keys game this year. The main reason was, I had this on my calendar since day one. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the wrestler, was appearing. And I was like, that's it. That's all I need to see. I want to go. But when I checked the date later, they added extra things as well. Because Mason was like, is this all on the same day? I was like, yeah. Three Hawaiian Oriole shirts, but you yeah. had to be in the first thousand. And I already knew like 6,000 people were going to their games. And so like, we got to get there probably about an hour before doors open to guarantee. Well, I said about half an hour and you guys were like, no, let's get there an hour before. And you wanted to wait for a whole hour as well. And there was fireworks afterwards as well. I was like, that's really cool. I think our tickets were only about $10. So I was like, this is awesome. Now we did get there with an hour beforehand. And there was probably about 20 people. And I was like, we do not need to wait for an hour. I wanted to go and see. It's called the Keys because of Francis Scott Key, the person who wrote the National Anthem. And Buried the Star right Spangled Banner. It. But he was from Frederick. And he was buried in Frederick. And you can see the... Yeah, right next to it. Yeah, you can see it. So I was like, I want to walk up. And you were a little... You were like, we're not going to make the first hour. I was like, we'll, we'll be good. We'll be good. Anyway, we, we walked weren't. up. We walked up. And um, anyway, I got a few things about Francis Scott Key. Uh, you're going to do the first part, though, JJ. Okay. On January 11th, 1843, he died at the home of his daughter, Elizabeth Howard, in Baltimore. From now, I'm not sure that next one. Is it Pyrrhisi? I hadn't heard of that one before. Pleurisy? It might be Pleurisy. Oh, that's an L. Pleurisy. Yeah, I think you're right. It's inflammation of the membranes that surround the lungs in the line chest cavity. Age 63. I had to look up the definition of pleurisy because I'd never heard of it before. I'm going to be honest. He was initially interred in the old St. Paul's Cemetery in the vault John of John Eager Howard. But in 1866, his body was moved to his family, his family plot in Frederick at Mount. Olivet Cemetery. Uh -huh. The Key Monument Association erected a monument in 1898, and the remains of both Francis Key and his wife, Mary T Taylor Lloyd, Taylor Lloyd, were placed in a crypt in the base of the monument. Now it was right at the entrance to the to the. Um... To the graveyard so we didn't have to it was easy to see as well it was big they actually had a button that you could press to play the national anthem and i was like oh this is gonna work. be awesome and it didn't work it's like ah so anyway we took a look things around. like that never work that's a shame because it would have been kind of cool um but yeah we got to see him i got to take a few pictures um i found out that there was a ship named after him as well which actually i might be mentioning in a second possibly as well and um we walked back and um but anyway, by the time we got back, there was a lot more people. The line was starting to form. And I would say at that point, there was there probably was about... about oh, there was about 1,002 There was 1,002. There was about 100 and something. Um, but and by, 
Within 10 minutes of us getting there, though, the line had really got long. It was starting to extend into the park and round. Exactly. But anyway, we knew we were going to be good. And we probably had about 40 minutes to wait rather than an hour. Without getting a t-shirt. And I think you asked about once every minute. (laughs) Like, how many minutes we got. You said you didn't care because you said you would have waited an hour to make sure you guaranteed that you wanted the Hawaiian shirt. And uh, we'll cut to that in a second. But yeah, we got the the Hawaiian shirts. Now, I want to continue, though, JJ, because I didn't know this. So, I wanted to keep look up to find out about Francis Scott Key, and I saw in the same article, it said a monument to Key, um, the nation's first, was actually commissioned in Golden, Golden Gate Park, so that's obviously San Francisco, uh, and it was built in 80, 1885 to 1887. The city of San Francisco allocated $140,000 to renovate the Key Monument, and repairs had been finished on the monument. However, the statue was toppled by protesters in 2020, and it has been replaced by 350 black steel sculptures, each four feet high, that honor the first 350 Africans kidnapped and forced onto a slave ship headed across the Atlantic from Angola in 1619. Now, what I didn't realize was, apparently Francis Scott Key is a bit of a controversial character. So it says, in the third stanza of the National Anthem, he actually wrote about sending slaves to their graves. Now, I only know the first verse of the anthem. I only know the one that you sing at the stadium. I didn't know that there... I knew there was additional verses, but I didn't know what they were. Um, Some historians say this was meant to threaten African Americans who were promised freedom by the British if they fought on their side in the war between the United States and Great Britain. So that was why they toppled the statue. Um, Apparently, he also had slaves as well, which was not unusual in that time and in this area. Uh, But yeah, so I wanted to mention the fact that there is a bit of a dark side to Francis Scott Key as well, um, which was something I didn't know. All right, so anyway, we got in, we got our shirts. We were pretty quick. Um, We got round to see Hacksaw. We probably had to wait. It was less than an hour. It was probably about 45 minutes. Um, He had to do the first pitch. (laughs) So he went away for a little bit and then he came back. Um, do you want to talk about meeting Hacksaw? I think you can do that. I can do that. Um, he was really cool. I always like it on those meet and greets. Like you get to see how he interacts with other people ahead of time. Uh, you could see he was a really cool guy. He was asking like all the young kids questions. Um, he was posing for pictures as well. He was doing autographs for everybody. Because sometimes I was like, perhaps you just get one autograph per group. But no, everybody got an autograph. Uh, he posed for multiple pictures because some of them is like, hey, why don't you come in the picture as well? So. He, uh, he was really cool. Um, I think he asked, did he ask you your favorite wrestler? Because I know I asked you, he asked one kid that, and I said, what are you going to say? And you said, I'm going to say Hacksaw. <laughs> so we talked to Hacksaw. Um, you guys, what did you get autographed? Mason had a card, so he got that autographed. Um, My minor league ballpark pass. Oh, because you had your passport, right? So you got your passport autographed. And um, I had, um, in the program, there was actually a picture of Hacksaw. um, And it mentioned it was at the Keys and everything. So I got him to autograph that. I mentioned it was for Matt, because I said he's in England. Uh, Like, he would have really liked to have met you. So he did that. And he was really cool. He said, tell Matt I said hi to him as well. Which I was like, oh, I wish I'd recorded that. I could have done, like, a video. I'm sure he would have said it again. Uh, Anyway, we did that. Um, Took pictures. Um, He had somebody who was there was helping him. So I actually got in on the picture as well. And, um, and then we left, and we left for the for the game. Now, the line behind us, though, was massive at that point. I'm not sure everybody... He was supposed to be signing for two hours. I'm not sure everybody would have got signed, or he would have had to speed it up. I don't know. So I don't know how that works out. Um, we got... To, um, we just had general admission seats. Um, we watched a little bit of the game. And, and then we I'm, barely sat out of their seats. And then I'm pretty sure you probably went to the kids' zone. So do you want to talk a little bit about the kids' zone? 
there's a huge slide which is basically a waste of tickets because it's a one ticket per slide yeah it's over pretty quick like you went to that one at um i'm trying to think what the one in maryland was in waldorf maryland it was like seven dollars but you could go for as long as you liked and you went up and down that thing like multiple times you had at least seven rides just on that so yeah it was only a dollar but it's kind of fun uh you i just have the video for it you came oh, off yeah, the, the end of it crabs. pretty quick blue crabs thank you you came off pretty quick so i was like was that jack i was like no that's not and then you came down i was like whoa it looked like it was pretty fast though so it was mm -hmm. And it flung me forward. Uh-huh. What when I got to the bottom my feet kinda stuck to the ground and it kinda flung me forward. Yeah, it did. And I kinda it... hit my face on the thing. <laughs> well luckily it's soft, so it's it's kind of okay. Um they also had some carnival games, so you got to play those. Did you win any prizes? I don't remember. I nearly I think oh, yeah, I did. won the ball game we needed like, won, the same color. I won one single bounty ball. Oh, okay. It looked like it was a pretty good one. Uh -huh. You were playing with it on the grass area later. So there is, we actually had general admission seats, but there's actually two grassy areas either side of the general admission. We went to where the right you one. Can, where you can sit on the hill, and the kids tend to play there, and they're right behind the... We nearly the, got two balls. Yeah, they're right behind the bullpens, so you can talk to the pitchers and that while they're there, and uh, you can run around a little bit, which is what all little kids want to do. So you were playing with that ball for a little bit as well, so... Mm -hmm. Uh, we did that. I'm trying to think for food. I'm trying to remember. I think Mason and I were full, but I think you had. Oh, you asked for a slice of pizza, and then I came back with a hot dog and chips. Because I was like, I'm not, getting, not paying, I don't know how much a slice of pizza is, but a hot dog, chips, and a soda were $5. I was like, I'm, I'm not paying it. I was like, you're not getting a slice of pizza. And we actually stopped at 7-Eleven on the way home anyway, and I think we paid $5 for a whole pizza. Which we could split between the three of us, so that was fine. Yeah, I think Mason and I were just full on ice cream. Like, we'd had lunch, and, um, yeah, I was like, uh, I didn't realize that ice cream was two scoops. I thought it was just a single scoop, so it was kind of big, but hey, that's the way it goes. Alright, what about the game itself, then? Okay. In the first inning, no runs good. In the second inning, the Mahoning Valley Scrappers got two runs, and the Keys got one. Mm -hmm. The fourth, the scrappers got two and the keys got one. So four to two right now. Yep. And the sixth and the seventh, the keys scored one run. All right, so we'll stop at that. So after the seventh inning, like they gradually managed to kind of get back to them. They were the Mahoning Valley's been ahead the whole time. They got one run. They got one run. So it's tied four to four. And you guys were praying for extra innings, and I'm like, no. I was actually starting to get cold, which is unusual in the summer. But, hey, it is what it is. Um, and I was like, it's going to be late. Like, I can't remember. I had nobody. something the next day, and I'm like, I don't want to be back too late. Oh, yeah, nobody nobody likes the eighth inning for this game. No, well, we did Three runs by the scrappers. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Mm -hmm. That was it. So, final score was Two errors by the... By the keys that's probably what there was i can't remember exactly when there was i think there was one in the eighth and i think there might have been one in the second or one in the fourth and that was the final score the win went to sap took his record to two and oh and the loss went to woods which was zero and two and uh boy got the uh save and the reason their records don't sign too high is the game wasn't decided until the eighth and ninth so that's the bullpen pitches so normally it's the starting pitcher that probably gets the decision so that's why their records are kind of a little bit low on this um, fireworks. You want to tell us about the fireworks? I'd say it's about a 15-minute fireworks show. It was really good. It said on yeah. the thing, it was like the best fireworks show in, I can't remember if it said Maryland or like minor league baseball. I'm like, ah, they're just trying to sell it. It was really, really good. The best fireworks show. The start? Just, that was it. 
Yeah, the just... start was super impressive. Like, normally they do that then. There was a number, as we like wrestling, there was like a number of false finishes. Because I was like, after about five, seven minutes, it was kind of did a big set lots off at once. And I was like, okay, that's the end. I was like, that was pretty cool. And then they just carried on again. And then like after 12 minutes, same thing. I was like, all right, that's good. And then they carried on again. So there was a few times when I thought it had ended. Um, I didn't record them on my phone because it's pointless. They don't look anywhere near as good. Um, I would definitely like to go back to one of their firework shows again. Um, now I know how good they are. If we can find one with two promotions in one, um, I think that would definitely uh, Ooh, like a it. monkey riding a dog that race. Was, that was the honey badges, wasn't it? Yeah, they could have one of those, but they race. Uh-huh. They what? have all sorts of different things. One's but... on a, a, a golden retriever and one's on, a, I don't know, like a chihuahua. Uh-huh. Now, I don't think I talked about this with you, JJ. I think we probably talked about it in the car. But Frederick Keys used to be an affiliate of the Orioles until they stopped in 2020 when they said you can only have four affiliates now. And they had five, so the Keys disappeared. Now they're in the MLB Draft League, which... So basically, they will pick up different players, and they're trying to... They can get picked up by any team now. Whereas before, you used to see somebody who could... They're only going to get picked up by the Orioles. Now, they could get picked up by any team. Like the like, Yankees. Exactly. Or the like, Red Sox. You're like, how cool would that be if they got picked up by the Yankees? I was like, yeah, exactly. So you just don't know who's going to be. I think it said last year there was about 50 players that got drafted from this league. So there's some really good players in there. I think the highest pick was about 150, I think it was. I think he went to, like, the Nationals or something like that. So, um, yeah, it's kind of exciting to still watch. So even though they don't represent the Orioles anymore, it was still fun. Um, I'm kind of... They obviously have some ties because they were giving out those Orioles uh, Hawaiian shirts. I did wonder if... Did the Orioles do that earlier in the season and there was a few left over? Yeah. <laughs> so they were like, hey, it was from. Want- it was from after the Angels game. Yeah. No, it was be- from before. Oh, it was. It was before. You to go to that game. And I said before. the tickets were super. That's right. The tickets were like $40 for that game. I was like, I'm not paying $40. So we paid $10 and we guaranteed ourselves a shirt. So oh, I think next time we'll have to try and remember that. Next time we see something good from the Orioles, we'll have to look at the uh, like your buoy, Frederick, any of those local teams, see if they're actually doing anything. I think Delmarva's too far. Uh, I don't know. Possibly. It might be. I don't know. They still do cool promotions as all well, that. Now for Coppin State this week, JJ. Um, I obviously we're out of base, kind of out of baseball season now. I think the summer leagues are finished. Um, I, I couldn't find anything specific, but I did think about one thing. I was like, oh, I don't remember ever announcing the uh, John Overrood Award. Um, we knew Jordan Hamburg was uh, one of the finalists, so I was like, I'm guessing he didn't win, or else we would probably have heard about it by now. So I was kind of curious who did actually win. So. That's our update for this week. So go ahead, tell us about it. The 2022 John Olerud winner was two-way talent Paul Skins. I think Paul it's Skinners. Skinners. I think it's Skinners, of Air Force Academy. Mm-hmm. The Air Force head coach raved about, raved about the... Raved. Raved about this... Sophomore. His leadership uh-huh. above everything. Else, sitting examples of how skin, how skins, not only holds himself for accountable, but also his teammates as well, as others around the Colorado Springs campus. Uh-huh. He could come back and lead the this campus one day, said. It's Kozlowski. He's an all-American. As person, those leadership and accountability traits 
played a major role in the Falcons putting together one of the best of their best seasons in school history, which ended the school's first Mountain West Conference title, as well as the birth, the first birth in the NCAA tournament since 1969. Now, I like that because there's a parallel there with Jordan Hamburg. Because obviously that was Coppin State's first uh, birth in the NCAA as well. So there were some similarities there. Um, how well did he play? Uh, he played 52 games, uh, starting 51. He hit 314, 13 home runs, and 38 RBIs while comparing, compiling a 1.046 OPS. Pretty impressive. He also committed just two errors on the season. And on the mound, he served as the Falcons' Friday starter. Friday starter is your main pitcher. Um, going 10-3 and three with a 2.73 ERA with 96 strikeouts and walking just 30 people in 85.2 innings while holding opponents to a 224 batting average. So yeah, he had a, he did pretty well. So let's see how your Orioles are doing, JJ. We got some results and then we got who they got to face next week as well. At least they're tied for the wins and the losses this week. Uh-huh. It was 3-3 and three this week. Seven to three against Toronto, four to two against Toronto. What is that? A win or a loss? A, a win. Okay. Six to one against Toronto. They lost. Mm-hmm. They lost three to two against Chicago. They won fifteen to ten against Boston. They lost four to three against Boston. So they they, they split those two. Um, I did actually say. Um, I because I already knew the score and I was like, oh my gosh! So I told you first of all, I was like, uh, good news is uh, Boston scored ten runs against the Orioles, and you were like, oh no! And then I was like, the bad news is the Orioles scored fifteen. Yeah. I didn't actually know it was a final score. I looked up about four I, hours after the game started, thinking it would have the final score posted, and it was still in the eighth inning, fifteen ten. I was like, oh my gosh! I have a game I want to go to against Tampa Bay, Dad. From you do Boston. Tampa Bay versus Boston. Yeah. Why do you want to see that? Because there's thirty two dollars. Yeah. Huh? Oh, Tickets. you're looking later. How about you tell us who the um, tell us who the Orioles have it should next be week? Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. That's the White Sox this time. The last time it was the Cubs. Houston, Houston, Houston. Uh, we actually, I see the Wednesday games actually on the uh, Fox Sports One. I think we actually have Fox Sports One there. We can. Honestly. We can go to that first game. It's seven dollars for tickets. Um, I can't because Mason has golf. <laughs> but is it at Boston? But the cheap tickets, yeah. If you if you're in the Baltimore area, um, seven dollars, seven dollars, eight dollars. That's pretty good. And Houston, I would say they made the World Series last year, and uh, they currently have a really good record. Their tickets are only fourteen, seventeen, and sixteen. If you're in the Houston area as well. Now I got quite a few stats for you, JJ, and other articles about the Orioles this week. Uh, Shanti Sepi Chapura on MLB.com. A panel of MLB.com voters were asked to rank the top five rookies of the year candidates in each league based on what happened so far and what they expect will happen over the rest of the season. Um, rookies receive vote points on 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 scale, five points for first, etc., etc. With 31 voters participating. Now, I did actually say... Adley I Rutschman should be five. I said Adley Rushman, I think, is a contender five. for Rookie of the Year. Five, five, five. He only had one first place vote, but he was second place overall. Uh, the, the account for him was, confidence in Baltimore's 24-year-old catcher is increasing among voters. This is his highest finish in a Rookie of the Year poll to date, and it's easy to understand why. He's hitting 286 with a 510 slugging percentage in August as the Orioles continue to climb the world cards, wild card standings. So, I'm sure you want to know, though, who's number one? I forgot. 
Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners. Do you remember him in the uh, or in the um, home run derby? Yeah. He was really good. He's so it says Rodriguez is effortlessly holding on to the lead in the Rookie of the Year poll. He did While horrible in the home yet have run derby. been unanimous, he's the clear favorite among MLB.com experts. The 21-year-old is heading steady with a 270, 331, 476 line on the season with 19 home runs, 62 RBIs, and 21 stolen bases. So he had 29 of the 31st place bets in this month. So... Um, Adley Richmond's doing really well, but I, I must admit, I had forgot about Julio Rodriguez because I don't really get to see Mariners games very often. I think often he got to the, the finals of the Home Run Derby. Um, I think he did. I think he did. But he got destroyed by Juan Soto. <laughs> um, from talk I forgot to share this with you, JJ. On Talking Baseball on August 9th, uh, Adley Rushman is already shaping up to be a star in the game. Uh, the top on-base percentage since the All-Star break with a minimum of 40 plate appearances... Adley Rushman, 529. That was as, as of August 9th, though. Uh, second was Aaron Judge with 519. So, obviously, that's pretty impressive. Over 500 for an on-base percentage. Team, Crazy. Jack. And Good the team. other one I know you like, and I told you this one in the car. I saw this on Baseball on August 18th. Uh, it says the Orioles aren't messing around. The Orioles hold the best record in the AL East since May 17th. So, we're recording today on August 21st. Uh, first, June 17th, July 17th. August 17th. This is over three months. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Orioles have a 573 winning percentage. Yankees 566. Red Sox 542. Blue Jays 538. Rays 513. Once again, every team in the AL East has a winning record since May 13th. That doesn't normally happen. So obviously they're doing pretty good. All right, tell us about the Red Sox, JJ. How did my Red Sox do this week? They started pretty well. Start they... off with that Sunday game. They I think that was on ESPN. I was watching that. Wait, what's Sunday game? The Sunday game. Okay, they won three to zero. They who against, against who? Who did they shut out? The Yankees. Woohoo! Michael Walker. They won boy. five to three. They won eight to three against Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. They lost eight to two against Pittsburgh. <laughs> I actually. This one's the... the best one. This next one's the the best one ever. He tells that one. He tells that one again. The the Baltimore Orioles. Beat them 15 to 10. And then they lost the next day 4 to 3. Yeah, you already told us about those of them. Alright, who do they have coming up next week? Okay, so they have Toronto, Toronto, Toronto. Uh huh. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. They do. And they're all at home, which actually has not been necessarily good for Ooh, them. Oh, Apple yet. TV Tickets, for that. Uh, yeah, we don't have Apple TV. Um, the tickets are actually pretty reasonable. Hey, $20, Dad. JJ. That's yeah. very reasonable for their Sox. It's 7 10 p.m. instead of 7 07. That's Toronto. That's when it's in Toronto. This one's at Fenway, so that's why it's at that time. Um, on July 9th, Arroyo went on the injured list with a left groin strain. At the time, he was hitting just 224 with 640 OPS. Since his return, Arroyo is batting 397 over the last three weeks with a 977 OPS. So, yeah, uh, Christian Arroyo right now is just on fire. I think he was 3 for 5 last night as well. Um, Alright, this week in baseball, I picked this one out specifically for you, JJ. I thought you would like this one, actually. Uh, we're going to talk some more Orioles. Uh, Mike Petriello, um, on August 17th, 2022, um, talks about basically the turnaround of the Orioles. So, I didn't realize necessarily how bad they've been. So, I'm going to do the bad part, and I'll let you do the good part, because you've been doing this season. From 2012 to 2016, for five years, 
No American League team won more games than the Orioles. That really surprised me. So they were very good um, like 10 years ago. The next five years were considerably worse. From 27 till 2021, no Major League team lost more games than the Orioles. So they went from the best in the AL for about five years to the worst in the whole of MLB. How bad were the Orioles in 2018? The Orioles went 47 and 115. Uh, they had the fourth worst winning percentage in the last 75 years. That's how bad they were. And entering 2019, ESPN rated their farm system as baseball's weakest. All right. Well, we know there's been a turnaround, so tell us about the turnaround. In March this year, they were predicted by Fangraphs to have a 0.1% chance of making the playoffs. They then lost John Means to a season-ending injury after just two starts. The Orioles are five games over 500 and just 1.5 games out of the playoff spot. Now, this was when the article was written on August 17th. It's probably changed now in the last few days, but probably not by too much, to be honest, because they've been winning one and losing one. 0.1% chance. That's pretty bad. Nobody expected the Orioles to be good this year at all, and they're doing much better for sure. Mm-hmm. Entering this year, MLB Pipeline ranked their since July ranked their farm system as the best in baseball mm -hmm. a stunning turnaround yeah they since were the worst one in 2019 yep since July 2nd they have the best record in the American League so not just the American League East which I mentioned earlier the whole of the American League so this is nearly two months and that's so good now why have they been so good though all right tell us some of the facts JJ Last year's offense had a had a two hundred thirty nine average and a seven hundred five OPS. Uh -huh. This year has been a two thirty eight BA batting average, uh -huh. batting average, and a six hundred. 98 OPS. Now stop there. Right now, that sounds almost exactly the same. 239, 238, 705, 698. In fact, you might say they're a little bit worse. So how are they doing so much better then? Their OPS was about 627 best in April. Now, it's now nearly 800 in August and and fifth best. So they had a slow start to the season, and we talked about that as well. They, they were bottom of the division for a long time, but now they've suddenly started to hit form. So if they can keep up the 800 form, then they'll probably make the playoffs. If Ooh, they get back guess. to the 600, then they probably won't. I think I know why they had a losing record. It's because they're next to the Raven Stadium. <laughs> um, I think also they had a really tough schedule, because I actually talked about this before. When I looked to see who they played, they played a lot of teams who were above 500. Since that time, they've played more teams who've been below 500. So it depends. Sometimes in the schedule, you just have some tough runs. Now, one of the other factors is this, though, the pitching, JJ. Once again, I'm going to tell you why the pitching is all important. Um, the ERA of the pitchers has dropped by 1.5 runs. It's still pretty high relatively, but that's a big improvement. Improvement. If you got if you're giving away 1.5 less runs per game, those one run games now you're winning. Uh, and the bullpen is one of the best in the majors as well. I, I don't have an exact rank because it depends on what criteria you use, uh, but that's one thing. Um, also, um, Adley Rushman, uh, people like him coming in has obviously been huge, um, and some of the other players we just mentioned as well. But also this quote, for next year, we're going to sign players this winter. I'm very excited about it, said GM Elias on August 3rd. I think that it's liftoff from here for this team. 
On August 14th, he reiterated that, saying, Our plan for this offseason has always been to significantly escalate the payroll, and also saying we plan to explore free agency much more aggressively. So, not only are the Orioles exciting this year, JJ, they're going to be exciting next year too, because they're going to spend more money. Now, the stat that blew my mind, you know the Orioles don't spend much money on players, right? All right, I got the stats for the last 10 years. 2000, so this year it's 66 million, but 22 million of that goes to like Chris Davis. So they're only spending like 43 million. Um, let me tell you the stats then. 2012, 102 million. 2013, 112 million. 2014, 122 million. 2015, 137 million. 2016, 162 million. 2017, 183 million. 2018, 161 million. The Orioles used to spend a lot of money on their players. 2019, 103. 2020, 43. And 2021, 66. So it looks like the Orioles are going to start being much more of a, a much more of a spending team. So I think that's pretty exciting. And I also saw on Twitter uh, Boog Powell. Um, he talked about the 2022 Orioles because he had a day for him at the Camden Yards. I've been watching every game. It kind of reminds me of 1966. The way that we felt as a team, we go out there and we know we're going to kick your ass. Ooh, I don't know if we can say that on JGB Sports. You have to edit it out. You have I'm to say in... arse. <laughs> Do the English word. Um, yeah. I'm in love with this team. So I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, Ariel's big deal. Everyone's talking about him right now. All right, story two, JJ. We're reading a book about no-hitters. This one, I saw this story. I was like, oh, we have to talk about this one. So this was from Sam Dykstra on MILB.com. This is Thursday, August the 18th. This was reported. There were two no-hitters thrown in the, Dominic the Dominican Summer League on Thursday. Cubs red. In the same game. <laughs> Cubs red. Red defeated Pirates affiliate Pitt Black 2-0 in a seven-inning contest that featured zero hits on for either side. Uh -huh. The Cubs Reds only who runs of the game each came in the bottom of the first inning, and they and were on a pair of errors. Um, the other team actually committed three errors in the game, so that's why it's not a perfect game, but it was a no-hitter. So obviously if you make an error, people can get on base, or you could walk somebody, etc., etc. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often, but yeah, both teams threw no-hitters. It was only a seven-inning game, though. Weird names. Cub, Cubs Red. That's a really strange name. It's got the Cubs logo, though. Uh, the Pirates, Pit Black, and the Pirates logo. And the last, uh, JJ, I don't have this one written down at all. Um, Albert Pujols, um, he's retired at the end of this season. He's very close to 700 home runs now. He hit two home runs yesterday. He's the oldest player ever to hit two home runs and get four hits in a game. Um, he's 42 years old right now. He has 692 home runs. So hopefully he can get I think eight Albert before Pujols, the end of the season. I think he was in the home run derby as well. He was. He was, because it's kind of his last year. So somebody's asking right now, like, if he doesn't make it, can you let him come back at the start of next season just to get him there? Uh, if he can get 698, that would tie him with A-Rod for, I believe, fourth all-time. But I'm hoping he can get those eight. Now, the other stat that I saw was he's now second for total bases in Major League Baseball as well. However, I said I was going to mention Henry Aaron again. Um, he is 12 miles worth of bases behind Henry Aaron. 
that's how amazing, that's how far Henry Aaron is ahead. I, I don't know the exact numbers, but um, Pujols is on about 6,200 bases, I think it is. And Henry Aaron's about 7,000 bases or something. And somebody worked it out, like the total distance, 12 miles ahead. That's absolutely crazy. So Pujols is obviously doing very well, but it does show how good Henry Aaron is. All right, I think that's it for this week. I think next week we're going to try and watch... Um, we're going to try and watch uh, one of the Little League games. Um, they had the World Series. Um, the nine... They the had five, the opening five, ceremony. Five a few games. Um, yeah, we might try that 5-5 five, five challenge. We'll have to see. Tomorrow, next week's going to be a really busy week. You're going to start third grade. Um, I'm going to go back to teaching in high school. Uh, but we'll see.